I made up the idea of deepening as a type of learning. I didn't read it anywhere, but I thought a lot about it because learning is about the acquisition of information. Deepening is acquiring the right information so that our hearts and our souls and our spirits go down deeper so that we can truly become the people of God. You can know a lot about a lot of things, but sometimes that knowledge doesn't translate to helping you live your life. Today, Pastor Daniel talks about deepening. He shares that this process of letting what you know make a difference in your life will help you learn the art of living. You'll discover that when the right information sinks down deep into your spirit, you'll be able to grasp and live out what it means to be a true child of God. Now, Here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he begins a new message called The Need for Learning. At some point, all of us were babies, right? And as babies, we were all like blank slates. I remember in college hearing that Between the ages of zero and six years of age, children learn more than they'll ever learn in the totality of their lives. It's really powerful to think about it because when from the time a baby is born until they're six, you end up learning colors, language. I mean, you go through all these different things. We're going through it with little Annabelle right now where we're teaching her, oh, this is this and this is this and learning how to walk and how to grasp. You have all these things that children learn between the ages of zero and six complete learning, and then you spend your rest of your life after that adding information onto the foundation that a child learns in those first six years of life. See, learning is an essential part of life. But I remember I went to college, my very first semester, one of the classes they gave me was Philosophy 101. And you know what happens when you put an 18-year-old in a philosophy class? Within about two weeks, you're just smarter than everybody because you took a philosophy class, right? You hear a little bit about Aristotle. You hear a little bit about Nietzsche. You hear some Socrates, or if you're a Bill and Ted's fan, Socrates. And before you know it, you are smart. And I remember I saw my uncles, the old Italian guys from New Jersey. They drink these little demi-task cups of espresso. So I'm 18 years old, sitting in a coffee shop with this little espresso thing, drinking my coffee, pontificating. Now, I know none of you can fathom me pontificating, right? Like, that never happens. But you give a young person a little bit of information, and before you know it, they're just like, oh, mm right? And what's amazing is, is that that's kind of the way it goes, because what happens is, is that because we're learning, and and I'll be honest, my philosophy class, I had never studied philosophy before. And as an 18-year-old, you're hearing all these different ways of looking at the world, and how do you make meaning of your life, and all these different things. And before you know it, your eyes are open to a whole world of learning that you'd never even heard of before, even knew existed, and it causes you to think and reevaluate. See, so much of life is about learning, and all of us really are lifelong learners, aren't we? 
So if we're talking about this art of living, right? We're saying, God, we want to learn what the art of living is. Learning is absolutely part of the art of living. But there's a problem. Because in our Bibles, Paul writing to Timothy actually says that there's going to come a generation when they're always learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So each one of us has a need for learning, but at the same time, it's important to realize that learning information is not necessarily all that there is to life. And for many of us, because of the generation we live in, the blessings of access to endless amounts of information at your fingertips, we can learn everything about everything and still not know anything about what's really important. And so, in a lot of ways, as we've been doing this series, we keep seeing that there's a human need, and there's human ways of satisfying those needs, but the Bible teaches us how to satisfy this need in a way that causes us to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? That's how we're breaking the series down. We're going to learn how to love God, living upward, and then we're going to live inward, because we love God, we learn how to love ourselves, and we love our neighbors out of the overflow of God's love and the way we see ourselves, that divinity, identity, and mission, right? That's what we've been talking about. And so, to close out this first section, how do we learn how to live upward, just the way we've already seen that we all have a need for meaning, right? And we satisfy that need for meaning by worship. Then we saw that we all have a need for connection, and we satisfy that need for connection through prayer. We all have a need for intimacy, And we satisfy that need for intimacy through stillness. Today, we satisfy the need for learning by what I call deepening. We satisfy our need for learning by something that I call deepening. Now, I'm pretty sure I made up the idea of deepening as a type of learning. I didn't read it anywhere, but I thought a lot about it because... Learning is about the acquisition of information. Deepening is acquiring the right information so that our hearts and our souls and our spirits go down deeper so that we can truly become the people of God. So I'm making a distinction between learning and deepening. Because I look at my own life, I can learn anything about anything because I like to learn But it does not mean that I'm actually understanding the art of living. See, deepening is what happens, not only just acquiring information, but acquiring the right information that causes me to live deeply internally and become a worshiper externally. How many of you have ever learned something and not been deepened by it? A lot of us. As a musician, I can explain to you sequences of chords. I can, I can explain to you how to take chords that sound dissonant and resolve them. I've studied all of that. I can explain to you why a bass groove is extra funky. I can do all that kind of stuff. Or I spent some time studying the stock market. I can explain to you stock market theory. But that does not necessarily make me somebody who loves God and loves my neighbor as myself. Not that it's bad. But there's a different type of learning that I call deepening that happens when we study and deal with the right information and figure out how to live it out. We're going to break open one verse in your Bible today to seek to understand what is this deepening all about. So I want you to open in your Bible to 2 Timothy 
chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. I want you to open up a Bible or grab your smartphone, type in 2 Timothy 2, 15. And really, it's going to give us all the things that we really need to be able to understand this deepening process. So if you're new to the Bible, don't worry. 2 Timothy is towards the back of your Bible. It's one of Paul's letters. So in the New Testament, you have your four Gospels. You have the works of the Holy Spirit that we call the Acts of the Apostles. And then you have Paul's letters. In 2 Timothy, it's there towards the end of Paul's letters. So it's in the very end of your Bible. And for many of you, you've probably heard this verse before. You've memorized it. It says this. It says, 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a worker who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're going to be breaking this open. I want to start at the end of it because I need to place the most important thing at the front, but we get it at the end. Look at what it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, deepening is all about the word of God. The difference between learning, understanding anything is deepening is you need to be a person who is growing in the right information And he says here, rightly dividing the word of truth. The idea of rightly dividing literally means to accurately handle. So the word of God and the accurate handling of the word of God is absolutely essential for this deepening. Now, I think it's interesting that we are reminded that we need to rightly divide or accurately handle it because all of us have experienced God's word wielded in a way that betrays God's heart. Let me give you an example. How many of you have ever heard a preacher who's angry at everybody? Is that rightly dividing the word of truth? It definitely isn't. You know why? Because God's not angry at you. All of God's righteous anger against the failings that you have, God placed on his son in our place. See, God's not mad at you. God loves you with an everlasting love so much that he would send his own son to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve, to be resurrected from the grave so that God isn't angry with us anymore. He loves us like a father. Certain things we do break his heart, but God's not angry at you anymore. When Jesus said, it is finished, what did he mean? It's finished. So when you hear a pastor who's preaching angry, telling you that God's mad at you, no, God's not mad at you. God loves you. You know what's amazing is? God isn't even mad at unbelievers either. He poured out all the forgiveness for their sins as well on Jesus as well. He just wants them like a loving father to draw them back. Now, if they reject that, then they experience God's wrath. For God so loved the what? You see how this works? See, sometimes people can get God's word right and his heart wrong, which is actually getting God's word wrong. How many of you ever heard a pastor who's got a hobby horse about some little pet doctrine? Maybe it's God's sovereignty, or maybe it's man's responsibility, or maybe it's some view of the return of Jesus, or some idea of authority, right? And every sermon is about the exact same thing. Is that rightly dividing the word of God? 
replacing a secondary issue and making it primary? I mean, how many pulpits today, they're not preaching Jesus, they're preaching American politics. Is that rightly dividing the word of truth? So we need this marriage of the proper handling of God's holy word. And you got to ask yourself, how are you doing interacting with God's word? I believe that one of the things we need the most right now is for the people of God to truly be people of his word. Because we live in a day and age where there is so many ways. You have a million translations. There's a million podcasts. You can listen to all these people. We have all these resources, which are great. But yet, it's not that biblical literacy in the church is off the charts. For many of us, we know we should read the Bible. We know we should be people of the book. But yet, we're not. Brother and sister, we need to be deepened by the word of God. I've got some scriptures to share with you here. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It's just the next chapter from what we're reading. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy. He says, all scripture is given by interpretation of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you see why this is essential for deepening? For the word, it comes by inspiration of God. So you got to realize that behind the authors of your Bible, the human authors, those men who wrote over thousands of years in different languages and different cultures, there's an author behind those authors. And these scriptures are not just the ideas of people, but they're inspired by God. There's an author behind the human author. That's why if you read the Bible, you're always amazed by all that's within it. Because this is the word of truth. It's God's word. God inspired it. And notice, it is profitable, it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, this is why I believe it's very, very challenging for people to find their way into God's word. Because God's word is profitable for doctrine, which means it teaches us what the truth is, right? For correction and for reproof. So what the word of God does is it corrects and reproves us from the way that we're living. It shows us what we're doing wrong and it exhorts us to do something right and for instruction in righteousness. Now, here, listen, if you're like, look, I do believe in Jesus, I don't read the word. Do you know why you probably don't read the word? Because you don't really want to be corrected. You guys know I try and be as real as I know how to be, right, with you all. I don't know how many times something gets me frustrated. I'm all Italian, so it's like frustration is like, I can be frustrated, right? It's getting me all mad. I'm all just, you know, and then I hear, do all things without grumbling and complaining. Come on, Lord, right? The Spirit of God, through the Word of God, calls us on our stuff, right? I don't know how many times you get upset with somebody about something, and you're like, oh, I can't believe they would do that. I mean, how could they do that? I could never forgive them. And then you hear the words of Jesus, unless you forgive others, God can't forgive you. And you're like, oh, right? It's like, ah, Lord. See, for many of us, the reason we don't get into the Word is because you don't want someone to correct you. 
We live in a world that says that if somebody will correct you, then they don't love you. Wrong. The people who love you will correct you. And God loves us too much to keep us that way. And God's word is confrontational against our rebellion. God's word does that. And for many of us, the reason we don't go there is because we know we're living in rebellion and we don't want to be reproved. We don't want to hear that what we know is wrong is wrong, so we stay away. Brothers and sisters, are you allowing the word of God to mirror life in the spirit back to you where you can see what's going right, what's going wrong, what needs work? That's why many of us don't get in the word. You know why else we don't get in the word? Because this is the only book in the world that all the powers of hell is camped out against you getting into the word. Satan hates this book. He hates this book. You know why? Because he knows that in this book, you will learn what the truth is. You will have your life mirrored back to you. You will be instructed in righteousness. And it even says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And when it says man of God, this was before our cultural struggles with gender neutral language. So that means the man and woman of God would be complete, which means to be matured, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not kind of equipped, but like you're overqualified for every good work because of this book. Every single time you go to read this book, Satan, the demonic realm, does not want you in this book. Do you ever notice that? It's real, right? Right as you go to read the word, what happens? Everything happens, right? The phone doesn't ring all day. I might as well read my Bible. The phone rings off the hook. All of a sudden, you go to read the word. The kids have a meltdown. The freezer breaks. Or before you know it, you have this insatiable urge to watch YouTube for the next nine hours. Isn't that what happens? Why? Because anything other than getting me and you into the word of God, that God may do a deep work in our hearts. So I don't know about you guys, but when Satan doesn't want me to do it, you guys need to be straight rebels. You rebel against Satan. When Satan says, don't read the word, you read extra amounts. We need to be people of this book. We need to be people of the book. You know why else we need to be people of the book? Because it's through the word of God that we need to see everything else in our life. The Bible is meant to be the lens through which we interpret our entire world. Because if we don't get in the word, then we let 21st century American culture be the lens through which we view the world. And guess what? Every single culture has some things right and some things wrong. You know how I know that? Because when... This generation looks at their grandparents' generation. They think that they got everything wrong. And it was amazing. When my grandparents were younger, they looked at their grandparents' generation. Guess what? They thought they did everything wrong. I'll never forget this. When our babies were little, we'd go see my grandma, my little short Italian lady. She's like four foot seven and getting shorter and cuter every single day. Right? And so I'll never forget it. One of my sister's kids was teething. Right? And the baby was all frustrated, you know, boogers. You know how it is when the baby's teething, right? It's all a mess, right? And my grandma's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just rub a little bourbon on her gums. My sisters are horrified. (gasps) Grandma, you can't do that. And my grandma's like, oh, okay. And then, of course, the baby won't sleep in the porta crib And grandma's like, oh, don't worry. Just put the baby on their belly. They'll go right to sleep. And my sisters freak out. 
Grandma, you can't put your baby to sleep on their belly. They'll die. And finally, my grandma gets mad. She's like, oh, well, you all are still here. I guess we don't know what we're doing. You guys are so smart. <laughs> now, my grandma wasn't trying to get the baby drunk. She was trying to numb their gums. My grandma didn't know that there's actually medicine to numb the baby's gums. You know, it's like I was a little too new school for my grandma. So a little bourbon gets it done. Now as the kids get older, you just want to slip bourbon in their bottle. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Every parent's like, amen, Fusco. You're speaking the truth, man. Anything to put those babies out, let's get them out of here. But my sisters can't even believe my grandma would recommend some stuff. And what's going to happen is, is if God tarries and we get older, they're going to be like, I can't believe you wouldn't do that for your kids. I mean, what is wrong with your people? See, every culture gets some things right and some things wrong, but the word of God is the ways of God, and it supersedes every generation. Things like self-sacrificial love and mercy, forgiveness and grace, those things are not stylish. Those things are eternal truths on how someone is meant to live. And you're only going to get that in the Bible. How many of you heard the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E? What does it stand for? Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? You heard that one? I don't like that at all. I think it's not that. It's not like this is just some instructions before you get to get out of here. I think B-I-B-L-E. Basics and instructions because life exists. See, it's not about learning this thing so that later we can get out of here. It's about learning how to live right here and right now. Because the Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We don't want to just get out of here. We want to, how do we learn the art of living here right now? And the only way you can learn how to live life as God ordained it is through the word of God. Or else you're just going to learn selfishness and pride. You're going to learn unforgiveness and how to tear people down because that's what our culture does. All you got to do is look at what's going on. All you do is watch people undercut people, undercut people. It doesn't matter. Our world teaches how to hurt people, not to build people up. Our world teaches how to step over people instead of how to hold people up. And the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us an entirely different way to live than what you're going to get every single day. But you're only going to get it in the Word. This is why... The word is essential. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword going down to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, God's word is alive and it's powerful. It can affect the change that God wants it to. It will prosper in what God sent it. Jesus is... It starts when you're young, the desire to understand the world around you and where you fit in. Today, Pastor Daniel shared that letting the right information sink into your heart and mind will help you to live out the life that God created you to have. And you'll find this information in the Word of God, the Bible. In it, you'll learn about who God is, who you are, and what He wants for you. Pastor Daniel shared that God's Word is alive and has the power to change your life. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's Word and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, 
jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share that spending time thinking about what you read in the Bible will help you get all that you can out of it. He'll encourage you to park yourself in the scriptures and really ponder them, not just do a drive-by reading. When you meditate on God's Word, you'll experience deep transformation in your heart and in your life. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called The Art of Living. Until then, may God bless.